Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Pour yourself a cold one. Let's drink them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, and you know this man. Got a big day today because not only do we want to discuss what happened in the college football playoff semifinals from every standpoint, primarily from just the college football standpoint and the how the prospects performed standpoint, but also just talk about the games. And then we definitely want to preview the national championship game. This will be our last show before Monday night's epic game between the underdog TCU Horn Frogs and the Georgia Bulldogs. So we'll be all over that one. And I definitely want to sprinkle in a little bit of previews here at the start of some of the other, whatever they call them, New Year's Six, which is such a weird name to call the bowl games. Since like this year, not one of them was on New Year's, but they're called the New Year's Six Bowls. Whatever. It's the Cotton Bowl, Tulane and USC, and the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. Utah, and Penn State. So we'll do all those over the course of the next 30 minutes or less. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. I think I already said that. That tells you how how long my memory is. At Ross Tucker NFL on social media, we are at Ross Tucker Pod. Love those of you that rate and review the show ever on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just rate and review, just five-star real quick, screenshot it, send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. You have a great chance to win a little something-something. The star of the show is Emery Hunt. Huge fan of Emery. Nobody has the depth and the breadth, and I'm always worried about pronouncing those words wrong. You've got to really lean into the, th, the th part of depth and breadth. Uh, when we're talking about Emory at F Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube, where he's like a YouTube sensation, and then footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. That's the key. Emory, I forget where you said when you said it might come out this year, the, the draft guide. Well, listen, Ross, it, hopefully it'll come out before the combine. If not, it'll be at the end of the the month, which would be the end of March. Um, because now you're starting to see some guys that were super seniors decide to take advantage of an extra year. So they have gone back. So we're still trying to whittle down who's in the class, who's not. I do know this. I'm already done grading quarterbacks. So that's I should be done grading running backs by next week. You know, because that that's an easier position for me to, to cycle through. But as a, I, I want to say the deadline to declare is the 16th or 13th or 16th, one of those dates. Um, so once we get that for sure deadline, it'll I'll have a better idea of when it should be done. But guys got to make up their mind right away, man. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, 
Before we get into semifinal games or the national championship, I did want to get your take on a couple of these other games today that are later today. Obviously, hopefully a bunch of people listen to it this morning or before these games go on. We won't spend that much time on them. Um, But I do want to ask you, Purdue and LSU play, Mississippi State, Illinois play. But for Purdue and LSU, I guess my question is just around uh, Kayshawn Butte, who said he was coming back to LSU. I, I assume he had been like practicing maybe. But then I just saw a, a tweet from Drew Rosenhaus with Butte signing a contract, which means I guess he can't play today. I mean, what is going on, Emery? Yeah, it's crazy, but it, it has been kind of par for the course for Kayshawn Booty since the spring. Remember when Brian Kelly took the job, Kayshawn Booty was in his doghouse. And, you know, he was demoted, had him, you know, he has to work through some things that Coach said that, you know, before he can get back in the in the good graces or whatnot, was able to do that, started. We talked about how his season has kind of been up and down, the body language, all of those things. He had a really good game against Georgia um, in the in the SEC title game, and now you're. Then he had the long post that everybody's posted that I'm coming back. The you know the job ain't done. You know where all the things that they love to say when they're coming back, right? Um, and then just out the blue, says he's he he wasn't at practice. He had missed some days of practice, and people are like, well, where's Keishawn Booty? Then immediately after that, it was announced that he's declaring for the draft. He changed his mind. So you kind of his pre-draft process, especially at the combine, is going to be huge because you have to really understand a lot of the, there's a lot of questions. You know what happened when Brian Kelly got there? What happened this season? Uh, you know, in, within your offense, what happened postseason? You know, with you deciding to come come back, but also then deciding to declare, and it'll be interesting to see if it's a lot of. They, 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 he, 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 or a lot of me, 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 I, I, I. Because if it's me, 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 I, 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 I did this, I made the mistake, I did this, I was, you know, X, Y, and Z, then that's a good sign. But if he's deflecting to everyone else, then that's a bad sign. So his, I think more than anything, no one has really altered their draft stock more this year at that position than Keyshawn Boutique. You know, we all know stories of guys that had pre-draft issues that end up becoming really good players. Maybe it's just a drug test or whatever. Uh, But there are other guys that have had some issues and they go on to have really good NFL careers. And that's certainly a possibility. He would not be real high on my list, Emery. I just, I always look at it like, People always ask me about coaching. I'd rather be like a GM, I think. And I just, I would not want to put like my family's future on the line with a guy with all these issues. And maybe we would be hurt as a result. Maybe he plays awesome, becomes a star player, and I miss the boat. But like, that's not who I'm going down with. Uh, you know, all the all the back and forth and changing his mind. Uh, I have no idea what kind of kid he is. It just, to me, would be very concerning. 
Yeah, and like I said earlier in the year, man, I, I've never been a body language expert, you know, because things can happen during the game that you really just it may look bad on film. And but in the in the meeting room, you can explain, oh, this is why I was upset there. But you kind of get the same feel. I don't know about you, but I just as great of a talent he is, man, I still get the same feel from, you know, a Justin Jefferson. Like, bro, how, how often are you going to just lash out and be upset in the middle of a play? Like when things don't go your way, you know, you can't be like that um, because it, it shows up your teammate. You lose control and now you are affected mentally for the next play. You got to I, I don't ever recall seeing a receiver, even some of the guys that people want to say, oh, they were divas or they were this. I don't ever recall a receiver a high quality one, one that we deem a superstar that is a superstar to be this uncontrollable on the field, you know, and in turn, not to where he's getting penalties, but just from a body language, you know, really you could affect his game by how well a play goes. And so DBs know that. And for Keishon Booty, I thought you saw a lot of that this season within the game. And it just affects your play when you can't get out of your own way. Well said, Emery. Um, let's move on to Tulane, USC. Cotton Bowl, 1 o'clock today, so it's less than five hours away. That's awesome. Who are we looking at there? The uh, By the way, USC is only favored by two and a half points, which probably surprises a lot of people. Well, the reason why they're only favored by two and a half points is because their defense is not that good. So Tulane is going to be able to score and find the end zone. Now the thing will be whether or not we see Tajay uh, Sharp in this in this ball game or Tajay Spears um, in this ball game. The running back for Tulane, who is fantastic, who's going to the Senior Bowl, um, declare for the NFL draft. Excellent tailback. Tulane can run the ball. Michael Pratt does a great job, um, not only in the run game but also throwing the football. And Tulane's defense is good. So this is going to be a close, fun, entertaining game. Um, just sidebar conversation right quick i just hate that these games are now played after the playoff games try to get all these games in before you play the playoff game because it still feels it feels weak now to watch games that uh well we we now know who's in the championship game i feel like all of these bowl games should be done before we talk about playing the playoff games um but i digress so yeah that's why this game is going to be close because two lanes um defense is good and USC's defense isn't, but at least we get to see Caleb Williams play in this one because, again, he's an underclassman and he's coming back for another season. You know, um, it's interesting what you just said. I'm having the toughest time (laughs) explaining to my daughters about the Penn State game today. They're like, (laughs) is it for the championship? I'm like, no, the championship is Monday night. And it's Georgia against TCU. Remember, we were watching those games Saturday, and they're like, "Well, then why is Penn State even playing today? Like, like if the championship, if the semifinals were Saturday, and the championship is Monday, what what are Penn State? What's Penn State playing for? I'm like, uh, they're playing for the Rose Bowl. They're like, but so what happens if you win the Rose Bowl? I'm like. You win the Rose Bowl. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's not easy, um, not easy at all. Who do you like, by the way, Emery? Uh, USC laying the two and a half, Tulane getting two and a half. 
I'm I'm gonna lay the points with USC, but I'm also gonna attack this over and go over it because I feel like we're in a back and forth affair. The Cotton Bowl is no longer played at the Cotton Bowl, so we should get a you know it's ideal conditions, great turf, fast turf, so we should get a lot of points. If it was played at the Cotton Bowl, you take some points away for maybe the you know the natural surface, uh, but because it's played at Jerry's World, it's gonna be a fast surface, ideal conditions. I like USC. By the way. Um... National Championship game, which is Monday, you can bet on it at DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet $5 on any college football team, and you get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose, which is just amazing. Use the code ROSS to do that, but bet $5 on any of these college football games today or the National Championship game TCU, Georgia, whatever, especially the folks in Ohio. Welcome. Welcome to the party, pal. Code Ross at DraftKings Sportsbook. Penn State and Utah, it's interesting, Emery. It's the granddaddy of them all. It's the Rose Bowl. It's just awesome. Something a little bit weird. I I don't love, like, maybe there's other years where we have work the next day, but, like, we have work today. Like, (laughs) Well, since when do you have to like work all day and then you watch the Rose Bowl? It just that part of it feels real weird. I guess a lot of people are off today, but I'm not. The <laughs> the football world stops for nobody. And then so it's just a little bit different. Looking forward to it. It is interesting. I was talking with somebody about like there's I think at least three opt-outs in this game. The tight end for Utah Kincaid, who's a really nice player. The All-American corner for Utah, I forget his name, Cam Phillips maybe, mm-hmm. um, something like that. And then Joey Porter Jr. And probably a little different because Utah was in the Rose Bowl last year. I got to be honest with you, Emery. Like, I am hardcore do whatever is best for you, do whatever is best for your family and your draft stock and all those things. But maybe this is like the romantic in me growing up. I'd have a tough time skipping out in the Rose Bowl if I never played in it, right? Like, that just feels like a pretty sweet bucket list item to check. Like, I started in the Rose Bowl. But I was talking with somebody about this in the college football sphere, and they're like, yeah, they don't look at it like that anymore. Like, the kids now, their whole life, they've grown up with, like, the college football playoff. And the Rose Bowl is just one of the games that's either part of the playoff or it's not. They don't look at it as like this awesome game or this huge honor to play in the Rose Bowl like we used to. Yeah, and, and that's it's sad, Ross, because I'm just like you. Like if you know, there's certain things you want to say you were a part of. Like, hey, we play college football. That's great. You can say that. You know, you can say we play. I play in the NFL. That's great. You want to say that. But and there's certain games that you can. Oh man, when we played in the playoffs or when we played, you know, in the Rose Bowl the Fiesta Bowl, you know what I'm saying? It, and it was funny because I'm sitting there watching, uh, I forgot what game it was. It was an exciting game, bowl game this past season. Uh, and it was one where people were like, well, this is why you want to, this is why you can't complain about all the bowl games. They're like, yeah, you're right, because all the bowl games are fun. So I went back and looked on um, on Wikipedia, the 1999 season, college football season, which was my freshman year, because I forgot. I was like, you know, how how many bowl games was that my freshman year in 99? It, it was only 25, you know, and I was like, wow. You know, so really you got great matchups 
in all of these bowl games. You, you know, from the Micron PC Bowl all the way to the Copper Bowl, or you know, what I'm saying all the way up to the to the Sugar Bowl. Um, but yeah, you 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 think that you want to play and you make an exception for the Rose, the Sugar, the Fiesta. You know, it, you make an exception for those games, right? The Orange Bowl. And I, I, I really wish, and this is a big, I guess, a big picture boomer perspective. Ross, I guess we're boomers now. Um, but you look at like how you grew up loving the game, how I grew up loving the game, and you, you wanted to be a part of the, the game, right? And you, you just, you were immersed in everything involved in the game. Oh, I remember when Rocket Ishmael's pump return <laughs> back. Before he even said his name. <laughs> His name was in my head. Exactly. Right? I was already thinking about Colorado Notre Dame, and I already had Rocket's name in my head before you even said it. But you that's know, how, it, that's how much of junkies we were, man. And these kids nowadays, they don't care to even know who Rocket Ishmael was. They don't watch a lot. Of, like so, if, for instance, we'll we'll drop references of players and uh, you know, in scenarios and things that we've seen over time because we were that immersed in the history of football, we enjoyed it. And I truly don't believe, and maybe I'm wrong, I probably am wrong, but I truly don't believe a lot of the student-athletes nowadays love the game like we loved it because the I guess the things around the game is different. You don't, there's no more Steve Sable, you know, rest in peace, to make you romanticize about the game. We got too much access now to all the games, so... It doesn't make every game special, you know. We get to watch everything now. Back in the day, you only get to—you only got to watch a game on Saturday or Sunday. So it's just—it's different. And I—I'm starting to become—I I try not to speak out about it because you let the kids have their fun. But I miss that era of football. Totally agree. Um, Penn State, Utah. Who are the guys you'll be looking at, Emory? You know what? I want to see how Sean Clifford plays in this game. You know, is he playing? He should. Oh, yeah. He better. Like, you've yeah. been here for oh, a decade. Yeah. You better. I mean, he's finishing up game. his eight-year career here. He's got, like, every record. It's so funny, like, with the COVID year and stuff, because he has, like, every Penn State record, and yet, like, most Penn State fans are not big fans of him. Can't wait for him to be gone. Can't wait for Aller, the number one ranked quarterback in the country last year in high school, to take over the next couple of years. Like, it's just, but he's got the longevity. He's been there long enough to break the records. I actually think, I'm curious what kind of pro prospect you think Cam Rising is. Mm. Utah's quarterback. I, I think Clifford's not making the NFL. There's just there's just no way. Ain't but you but you you know I would have said the same thing, and I did say the same thing about Brock Purdy, and so now he's out there playing well. So if there's a way, there's a way, you know. But you know I'm you know you know me, Ross. Like if Clifford Clifford is the guy you go after if you're the XFL or USFL, you go after that guy, right? But Rising is someone to me um, that I. I People see it as a knock, but it's not a knock. I think he's a really good college quarterback, which means I think he's a better spring league quarterback. 
because of how he plays. I think he's got a little bit of that Gardner Minshew in him um, to where if you really put the micro, hold the microscope up to his game, you can see all the bacteria, you know, but from afar it's like, oh, wow, like now he's playing really well. Yeah, he is. But when you, if you have to put him next to, you know, a NFL defense, NFL situations, it doesn't work out that way. But if you're putting him in a wide open, spread open, you know, college type atmosphere, which would be the spring leagues, he would be someone that I would definitely go target. If all of that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some of the other guys, Curtis Jacobs for Penn State is a linebacker. I like uh, Kalen King, the corner who will be playing opposite Joey Porter Jr. is not playing. Uh, Tig Brown, the safety for Penn State, is a really good player. Utah's got some good guys on defense, too. Should be fun. The playoff games were awesome, Emery. They, they were highly, highly competitive. Give me uh, a couple prospects that really stood out to you, positively or negatively, from the college football semifinals. Because I've got one that I thought really stood out positively. I'm sure you'll name him, but we'll see. You know what? I'll I'll go with the one that people are, are like, it's a hot rod topic. How about Stetson Bennett? You know, here's someone that has played competitive football, played a lot of, in a lot of big game situations. And now the question will be, is he NFL worthy? Is he pro quarterback worthy? Well, it all depends on your definition of pro quarterback. We, we're coming off of a Sunday in the NFL where we watched Jared Siddham go out there and ball out. We were just talking about Brock Purdy and how he's played. Brock Purdy is the physical specimen. And if it's not like Stetson Bennett is playing at Akron. He's playing at Georgia. He has played in playoff games. He has played in a championship game. He has a stronger arm than people would think. Some of the passes are beating coverage. He's throwing into tight windows. He has the it factor that people talk about. I mean, to be able to go down the field, drive down the field, and and get the game-winning touchdown on a throw that was in the back corner, phenomenal job. He's athletic. He can beat you around the corner. Yes, I get that he is 25 years old playing against 18- and 19-year-olds. Completely agree with you there. There, that that is a there's a significant advantage of being older playing against youth youthful uh, student athletes. But I feel like, and I someone asked, is he a pro quarterback? And I kind of made it. I was half jokingly saying, yeah, there's four pro leagues. He's definitely going to be a pro quarterback. You know, but is all it all depends on what you value at the position. But no one, in my opinion, maybe C.J. Stroud could have an argument, but no one in my position. Uh, no one in his position elevated their, their profile more so this weekend than Stetson Bennett. I really, I really thought C.J. Stroud. I really, you know, Emery, that's about as well as I've seen him play. And it was the first time that he showed so much more mobility than I had ever seen him before. Mobility in the pocket, running a few times, running around second reaction, then making a throw. I thought C.J. Stroud made a lot of money in that game against Georgia. You know, because so often it just seems like he's got a totally clean pocket and a wide-open receiver, and it's like, okay, yeah, throw the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. That doesn't look that hard. I mean, he was throwing the ball to other guys. He was running all over the place at times to – 
buy time and make plays. You know, I, I think he didn't play great down the stretch of the season. And I think there were some legitimate concerns about him. I thought he took a huge step, you know, forward in that game to the point where, you know, it's funny because we've had this whole year where it's like, I don't know about this guy, Bryce Young small and CJ Stroud's this. They're still going to go one, two. Like, now, I, I, I'm now more convinced than ever. There, it's going to be Bryce Young one, CJ Stroud two would be my guess. Here, here, and, it's, and I'm glad you brought him up because it's, um, cause I, cause to, to back up your point and add some color, pun intended, to this whole thing, this is why we saw what we saw or we see what we see because a lot of quarterbacks are able to ignore the noise. Some quarterbacks allow the noise to seep in and they hear it and try to prove people wrong. And just to be completely blunt and honest for black quarterbacks, the stigma has been, Oh, you can't play from the pocket. All you do is run. All you're able to do is run. So you have some black quarterbacks that'll be like, all right, I know that's the stereotype about me, but I can, I'm going to show you, I can play from the pocket to now, it's the it's a criticism to where, hey, you we don't like him because he can't run. Like, wait a minute. I thought running was the negative. Now I now that I'm in the pocket, it's a negative because you have to be able to run. And so you get caught in that trying to serve two masters. Do I run because I know I can and people knock me because I'm making plays and getting first downs? Or do I stay in the pocket like people say you can't do, excel there, but now we don't like you because you can't run. Like it's it's crazy how, you, and I've, and we've seen this happen to NFL quarterbacks when McNabb first jumped onto the scene, when Aaron Brooks first jumped onto the scene with the Saints. It was make plays, you know, by any means necessary. Then you start to hear the 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 criticism. Well, they can't really play from the pocket. He's not really a pocket passer, and so they then they start to self, you know, uh, they take they they kind of like take away one part of their game on their own. I'm going to just play from the pocket. No, man, get the first down, take off and run, be who you have been. And then you start to see some guys just like a Lamar Jackson don't care and just go play ball. Right. So I think CJ Stroud got caught in the, in that dichotomy of should I, should I be a pocket passer? Should that I'm a pocket passer? Cause that's what the NFL likes. Or should I be the athletic mobile guy that I know I am? Um, but I just got to, you know, rein it in a little bit, but I'm like you, I'm glad he answered all of those questions against that defense in that situation, in that particular game. And you could even say that, man, had Ryan day continued to trust him, they probably win that game. Cause remember as he's driving down the field, as he had the big run, they were getting helped by Georgia because Georgia's players were getting injured. So they didn't really have to use a timeout. They still had both their timeouts. You could have been a little bit more aggressive and got the field goal closer um, than a 50-yard attempt. So I thought he, to your point, I didn't want to bring him up because I thought that's where you were kind of going to go with because he answered so many questions. So right now, like you said, if you're Chicago, yeah, you could probably sit there and take Jalen Carter or you could move down a spot. You can't go further than three. You know what I'm saying? You, You could move down the spot and gain more assets to take Carter because you're right. It's going to have to be one and two because if if you are someone like Indy that's at five, you don't want to leave the chance. Or if you're someone that may be just outside that needs a quarterback, and if, if you deem these two to be one and two, then go and get your guy. But I'm glad he had the game he did. 
National Championship, Emory. Georgia right now is laying 13 and a half points against TCU. The total is 62 and a half. What are you doing? Bro, I'm not betting against TCU. 13 is way too many points. So jump on that now while you can before. You know how it is. As we get closer to this game, this is going to be a single-digit point spread. So grab those 13 points right now because the question that TCU answered was all about the 335 stack. And I say going into the game, if I'm Michigan, I'm going straight ace formation. I'm throwing two tight ends in there, 13 personnel, you know, three tight ends, maybe the two tight ends at a fullback, and be like, listen, you're gonna have to show me to stop the run. They did a great job on the first play of the game, Michigan did, but then TCU showed up and were able to hold their own at the point of attack. Linebackers were free-flowing to the football, making plays. I feel like Georgia's going to be able to to try to do the same things with their excellent tight end depth. You hope Washington is healthy enough to play in a championship game. Um, But 13 points to me is way too much. And based off the, 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 the games that we saw, 61 points may not be enough. So I'm taking TCU in the points and I'm taking the over right now. Love it. I hope it's an awesome game. It's kind of cool to have this. I mean, this is as much as college football has it. This is like David versus Goliath when you have the defending champs back to back going for it in Georgia against TCU out of nowhere. TC, I feel bad for TCU. They're <laughs> going to have here. Get ready to cut this clip, Jack. <laughs> TCU is probably going to lose this game. And they're going to finish up the greatest season without a championship in the history of college football. The way they lost to K-State in the Big 12 championship, and then you get to the national championship against Georgia, and they might end up having zero championships to show for it. Greatest non-championship season in college football history, TCU Horned Frogs this year. Listen, they they might they even and we know leading up to this ball game, the media is going to play up the uh, the underdog role. TCU will be uh, coming from the Mid American Conference by the time this championship game hits. Like people have ignored, this is a Big Twelve team. Like they still view them as a Conference USA. They still view them as a Mountain West. By the time we get to the championship game, oh Georgia, the big bad SEC team is playing TCU out of the swack. In, in this <laughs> it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be David versus Goliath, like you said. Check him out on social media. He is at F-Ball Game Plan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. We got a new Facebook page for the Ross Tucker Pod Network. Please check it out. Bunch of good clips from this show will be up on our YouTube page. The whole episode is up on the YouTube page. Other than that, make sure you're following Emery. It, a draft season is officially here at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. And then the draft guide, lock it in now. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.